Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? I just can't get that picture in Stephen Gerrard walking <laughs> out of the Etihad, you know, wearing that Liverpool jersey underneath the suit, a bit like Superman Clark Kent. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. GAA Late Night, live every Sunday evening, 8.30 on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. Dahi Regan, have I got you with me? How are you, Tommy? How are things? I'm good. How are you keeping? You're back home. You've been away for the last couple of <coughs> yeah, last couple nice days of work. Weeks, but um, what a day's sport. What a weekend sport. GA, yeah, just a lot of stuff going on. A lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, Waterford, wow. What, what yeah. in God's name has happened? Cork, what in God's Clare, um, what a... What a... Wexford. Unreal. Um, Smeed. Get absolutely pillared, pillared from the uh, Wexford hurling public. And I remember our first show speaking about Wexford. That for me, they were a team I thought were dark horses and could do something this year. And then I'm watching them go. What in God's name has gone wrong with them? And then I really thought, I really thought they could go to Nolan Park and do something, and they did. You know, just just extraordinary. Dublin hurling. What's happening? Championships not starting down there or up up in Dublin now until the club championship until September there so there's a lot to look at with the GA as well I mean it's it's good to, to, to take a look at the season and try and fit in club and make it and give it more reasoning in that but I mean this is fairly extraordinary now that some teams aren't going to play for yeah it's unbelievable though, and that's just the way it goes it's yeah. interesting you started with Waterford there and you buried the lead the lead being the Spurs qualified for the Champions League how on earth did you manage to the screen, the hurling and the soccer. I know you're keeping an eye on both today. Did you have both hurling games on the phone and the iPad and the soccer on the TV or how did you do it? Something like that, yeah. I played a game of golf with Michael Dignan yesterday and uh, I was in Reykjavik. I was in Reykjavik last Monday night. Yeah. The uh, Offaly Miners were their final and... Uh, Unreal. I got back to the hotel after some meetings and tried to get a link to the soccer match and the guy in the hotel, I was able to watch the last 12 minutes so of course I started tweeting about it straight away. And then I kind of went, Jesus, the Offaly Miners had an amazing win. I better get something up about this pretty quick. So Dignan said it to me yesterday. Chairman of the Offaly County Board, he said, I'm looking at your Twitter feed and you're going on about Tottenham. And we're after winning our first minor in 22 years. You know, so it was, <laughs> it he was. was right. He was right. <laughs> Once the first goal went in, you kind of knew that was it, you know. Yeah. What was Dignan, any, any inside scoop? The buzz in Offaly now, never mind the football and the Totten Cup win. What's the buzz like around the hurling? Ah, uh, it was a bit of a letdown, to be fair about it. After yesterday, I, was, I stood in the terrace with him yesterday watching Offaly and Carlo. And so bad. We were so bad, I have to say. And, and, and looking at it, we weren't playing well in the first half. And I, to be frank about it, I, I, I thought Carlo were pretty poor. And I just said, I think we'll win this by 10 points. As bad as we're going, I just didn't think Carlo were up too much. But 10 minutes into the second half, you just Carlo were just, just started played really well. They were very, very good in the second half. Both sides were pretty crap in the first half. And uh, it was an innocuous start to the second half. And I kind of off they were always a few points. What happened? Uh, to be fair, you got to give credit to Carlo. But off they were not good. You know, no. but uh, Carlo, Carlo absolutely deserved it. And from 15 minutes out, you couldn't see anything other than Carlo. 
Dahi, we might we might hold that because I have a couple of questions from the Joe McDonough that I want to come back to in a little while. We do have one caller who's re- requested to speak here. Um, we've got a couple actually on the line. There's actually four on the line. I want to bring in Chris first because I know that Chris is on with a couple of questions. And I said, jump on the call with Dahi later and have your say. He said he might be putting the kids to bed, but if he gets a minute, he'll come on. Chris, fair play. You've made time for us. How are you? The, the football today, the Offaly and, and Wexford game, it looked like it was a great game, in fairness, uh, following Tommy's uh, feed there. But I just wonder, like, why was it not on TV today? Like, the hurler didn't kick off or throw in until five past four, and it, kicked, it threw in at two o'clock. Like, there was there was time there to stick it in, and a great advertisement for a new competition that has really fought to get there. Like, So I just don't wonder what was going on with it. Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's 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 crowds and revenue is what kind of, I suppose, TV stations look at. The other thing is, I don't know many outdoor broadcast units that RT have. So they obviously, mm. the, the, prior, the priority was the two hurling games. Well, it was on GA. It was on GA. It was. It was. There, obviously, yeah. commentary team. What was Chris? that, Chris? It was on GA Go today, Dahi, is what Chris is saying. It was, it was actually, te- it was it was streamed on GA Go. It was streamed, mm. yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you look at uh, to the secondary types of competition, so the GA basically come up with these kind of, you know, reformed championships if you're knocked out, and then we'll have this secondary game, and we'll, 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 we'll market it as the Talton Cup. I mean, it's been an absolute disaster from a marketing point of view. New York are getting two buys in this thing. There's mm. no logic to it whatsoever. And I don't know how much of an appetite so uh, today as well. So, I mean, that's an indication. Is there an appetite for it for television? I, I would hazard an opinion that there isn't. Uh, to, to, to just put it on record what the GA have done, so the GA have obviously revised their um, media rights deal for the rest of the summer to factor into the Tajan Cup. There, we are going to have the semi-finals and the finals live on TV. Mm. There is going to be a selected game, one selected game every week on GA Go. Um, now, I, I personally don't know why we shouldn't have all the games streamed. They're going to be recorded and televised. Stick them all on. Even if it's mm. a couple of hundred people who are signing up for it. There was a bloody FBD League game between Mayo and Galway in January that 5,000 people paid a tenner to watch back in January. So I think if the games are marketed in the right way, people yeah. will get behind them. Like I paid the money to watch that game today. Much of it was for work reasons to watch it, but it was a very, very competitive game of football, Chris, as as we mm. were saying there. You know, you're, you're looking at somebody awfully under 20 lads that are coming through. Mm. Lee Pearson, who had a great game. Niall McNamee, still 36 years of age, still doing it. Like, the GA, I, I don't think it's been as bad. I, th- I think it's been marketed poorly. I don't think it's been devised out as poorly as, as it's been made seem. I do think streaming a game a week is better than nothing. Um and I was worried going into it that we might not get any coverage until the semi-finals. But we are getting Leitrim Antrim this weekend. And I think that'll be a great game worth streaming. Mm. You've been disappointed with it, Chris, have you? Well, like, I'm disappointed with the whole thing around it. Like, it's like, and if, it's more towards the players and management. Like, they were told it was going to be one competition and then it's suddenly knockout. And then, as well as that, then it's like, like, not yourselves personally, but like, there's some pundits out there who... Like I won't say who it was, but I heard them during the week and they said, like, well, it's division three and four, so, you know, it's not going to be riveting stuff, so what's the point? It's kind of like, if you're not even given a chance before a ball's kicked, like, like how, how how is it going to get anywhere? How is how is people going to get behind it? Like, like I come from Mayo and a hurling background and, you know, we get the crumbs from a, 
a, a, a coverage perspective. But, but it's you know we're at a certain level and that that's fine. But like in fairness, they do put coverage in and we they get they do get covered. Like yeah, yesterday where all the games like Christy Ring, Nicky Bacher, and all that they were all on the TG Car TG Car's uh, YouTube channel, which yeah. is great. Like, you, you could watch them if you wanted. Like but. Like it's it, it, it it's not even done till the final to do that. Like you know, if you had something like that for for other games as well, like but again, like that's a separate thing. It's just if, if you're not if if opponents are are kind of poo pooing it before it even gets a chance to get off the ground, like how's it going to get off the ground? But Christian, I think that's a little bit harsh in respect. I mean, I don't know who it was that said that, but if you if you're if you're to take a look at it, like it's a makey uppy competition that the GA put together, all right, in this new device. Yeah, format. I agree with that. Yeah, that's fair. So so like the, like the reality is, like you take the weekend that's in it and all the different sports that's on in the whole thing. So like I I would say for somebody to to venture an opinion that listen, like who who you know how many people are going to link into this thing? I mean. There's no appetite in this for Offaly, and I can tell you here now there's not an appetite. Is there not? Is there not, Because well, John Mahon was talking about it. There's, John not, Mahon, there's okay. not an appetite. There's not an mm. appetite for it. You know, like, you put your store in a good league campaign, and Offaly were up in, 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 in um, Division 2. Get relegated, you know. I mean, there was calls then from certain people and even club club chairman in Offaly, um requesting that maybe Mohan be moved and you look at a new manager and maybe use this competition to get a new manager in. So, I mean, there's not an appetite for it, mm-hmm. honestly, to be fair about it. I mean, okay, the players, I mean, I, I can't speak for the players and I won't speak for the players, but I know from talking to GA people and Offaly, there wouldn't have been a blind bit of difference turned towards that game today. You got a very small crowd travelling down and I don't know if it was streamed, would you got many watching it with a lot of other things on? And that's, that's just, a, I, I think that's the reality. But do you think that maybe that's because you know people are being apathy for it because there's no there's no push behind it like like even like and, and again to to kind of bring you know you brought John Mahan like I know he said after the the first Wexford game that you know he wasn't going to tell people they couldn't go on their holidays or go off to America if they wanted to yeah which you know like like if if they're if they're seeing the competition as sure no one cares about it so why should I care then you know are we getting Tyler Murphy Cup part two. Oh, Chris, that's a fair point. I mean, when you know, when you've got utterances like that, I mean, Offaly were pretty devastated going down to Wexford and losing the football. That wasn't on the agenda. That was not part of the yeah. plan. I mean, the no, I know was, it was probably the moment. Don't get me wrong. It was the yeah. easy moment, but still, it was said. It was still said, wasn't it? I mean, it was still yeah. said. And I mean, you look at the void that's going to be there now in the calendar, you know, when teams do get knocked out of championship and some club mm. championships not kicking off for two or three months, guys are going to go to the States, mm. etc. And more looks at them might encourage them to go, to be quite frank, would you? Chris, thanks, Mina, for getting in touch. Mayo, obviously, come up short against a very good Kildare side, David Herdy or over Kildare. Um, were you disappointed? Chris? Uh, Mayo in the hurling yesterday. I think we might have lost Chris there. Chris, thanks very much for calling in. Michael McMullen, you're on the line calling in from Derry and Gaelic Life. Do you want to have a say to Dahi here? How are you doing? Michael, you just have to unmute yourself if you want to have a chat with us. I'm going to bring in Jonathan Higgins as well. Yeah, I'm Michael. You were talking about streaming and, and games not being on. Um, I was lucky enough today to watch a game via the BBC stream. It was uh, the ladies' final, Donegal and Armagh. Absolutely fantastic game. Um, you know, like Jerry McLaughlin scored 111 in the losing team. She was amazing. And, you know, Armagh won it. 
But we were able to see that, you know, I think we should be more of an opportunity for stream games. You know, there's no reason why, like, the likes of that Offaly game couldn't have been streamed somewhere else today. You know, if there's only one, if there's only four o'clock games in RT, I think there definitely has to be a wider, definitely has to be a wider audience out there. Do you mean, um, do you mean free, free to air streaming as in YouTube rather than a, a paid for service like GA Go, Michael? Yeah, I think so. Because like that game today, probably never would have got any any airtime at all and it was an absolutely cracking game um you know and even even yesterday bbc streamed um sort of a, a video version of their podcast you know and like for example podcasts are ruling the world at the minute like i'm a listener of yours every week and you know it, it's the way things are going but there should be far more programs like a mag a magazine show every wednesday to preview to preview the championship you know there's just so much potential and it is frustrating and I think just, I, I know I'm probably beating the drum that everybody's beating at the moment, but there should be far, far more promotion of games. I'm just using today's game as an example. And, and there's probably endless, you know, games like it that, you know, it's just there to be tapped into. And whatever stage the, at whatever stage the rights are being debated, I think that's nearly as important as some of the decisions being made around split seasons and, Rule changes, if you know yeah. what I mean, because it's a way of selling it, folks. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, people want access to games, Michael, don't they? People want to be definitely able to play games, and they should be. I mean, I've often watched on YouTube, yeah. you know, the underage games, minor games, under twenty games, and I mean, you know, getting the rights. I mean, one of the things that RT need 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 to address, and this should have been addressed a long time ago, is actually access to rights in the six counties. You know, RTE like should be taking the task on. It's just not acceptable. Just not acceptable. Definitely. But I suppose my point, the reason for joining the debate was I just I just feel it it's so frustrating because you've got a game that players are preparing really well for. Um managers are obviously the same. Families are supporting these players in their preparation. But when it comes to the weekend, and that's their that's their main time. We're not seeing them. We're not seeing them. I was just so lucky today that that was available to watch because and anybody yeah, I would encourage them to go back and watch it. Cracking game of football, Michael. Was it Armel one three seventeen to two nineteen? Yeah, and that's just one example I'm using. I'm sure everybody listening has their own example of a game that they were at where they would think, God, imagine everybody was able to watch that. And um, I think we're selling ourselves short um, in terms of coverage. Yeah, Michael. We, 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 yeah, when when you're a player, you know this as well. Like you feel like a second class citizen when you're you're involved in a in a particular competition and you know that what is a player you're been asked to train as a professional athlete, you know, and the levels of performance, the levels of conditioning, etc. And then it's kind of demeaned when your game nobody gets access to it. Nobody. I mean, people should be able to get access to the streaming. It's it's been spoke about and it's getting a lot more exposure now at the moment. And I don't know how they're gonna you know, what they're going to do to address this thing, but they must absolutely address it. I think, Dahi, you made a point there, and, you know, Michael, you're talking about the, the women's final today between Donegal and Armagh and Ulster. Dahi, you, you cited TG Cahar, and there's often a, a random Wednesday or a Tuesday, you'd find yourself dual screening two Munster under-20 games or two Ulster minor football matches on at the same time, you know, and like all they have to do is look at that example. They're putting them on free to air. You could have 10,000 people watching those games on YouTube. And I think that's what competitions like the Talchin Cup needs, the Joe McDonough needs, the Nicky Rackard, the Christy Ring. You need to make them free to air. And if somebody gets a bit of momentum behind them, Jesus, lads, go switch on this game. Or folks, go have a look at this. 
you're going to get a couple of hundred people jumping on. Michael, I'm going to move on because we've got a couple of uh, different callers in. Last word to you. Can Derry get the job, job done against Donegal next Sunday? I think so. I, I tipped them to one Ulster at the start of the year, so I say there's no point in changing now, is there? No, fair play. <laughs> fair play. Listen, I'll keep an eye on your Twitter account over the weekend. Looking forward to it and uh, enjoy the match next week. Thanks, Michael. Thanks. Cheers. Sean Nolan, you're on hold there for the last minute or so. If you're able to unmute uh, your mic, you're welcome to GA Late Night. Hi. Uh, just a question there. Just on uh, Derek McGrath. Uh, just the comments he made about Waterford being nearly the best team in the country. He puts so much pressure on them. I just thought it was very strange. Um, just what, what, what was his motive, do you think? What, what was he up to with that? Like, he must have known... Well, that's a very interesting point to that. If one was to be cynical, um, one could argue that if Liam was to go on and this Waterford team was to go on playing the brand of Hurland that they were playing and topping all Ireland off on top of a national league, well, it kind of renders the previous number number of years chalk and cheese or else it's an absolute firm belief that, you know, we are pretty nigh and unstoppable. This is the best team that we've had for a particular period of time. Um I thought it was a very strange comment, to be honest with you. But then again, you look at it from an ex-manager's point of view. It's like I remember an old man in Clare telling me many, many, many years ago, Gerlach Nan's successor, if I'm, if I'm correct, was it, was it Sir Lyons? And it was Ger, I think, that pretty much anointed him. And I remember an old man in Clare telling me, you know, this was Ger's decision. A lot of people in Clare maybe felt that it mightn't have been the best decision at the time, but he said, don't ever forget, as long as Claire Dover is always a hero and a legend. And the same applied to the Limerick 73 team, so on and so forth. And and again, if you're to be cynical and human nature been what it is, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's some times when people maybe either county do well. And you might find that a little bit strange times with different counties. I thought the timing was very, very strange and did put pressure on Waterford. I didn't fair- think it needed to be said. In fairness, though, Waterford were flying. Not too much. I mean, they won. They won a league. I mean, were they really flying it? Looking, looking back at us, I, I felt like they were. I felt like Waterford had shown uh, plenty of positives over the league campaign. They, they seemed to have a lot of depth in that squad. Obviously, Bally Gunner, fresh off that All Ireland club campaign, there's a bit yeah. of a buzz in the county. I mean, Wexford had a great league, and nobody was talking them up as walking up the steps. Mm. Just, what, did you, yeah. what did you think, Sean? Um, like Dahi, like you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I just, as I say, just the timing, like this early in the year, um, just like people, like people in there, I'm a Limerick man living in Wexford, but um, we're being talked up, but still, I mean, like Waterford were ne- yeah, but Waterford were nearly being talked up more than Limerick. Even more than Derek McGrath. But Derek just ramped it up, I thought. And just, yeah, just a thought found, as Dahi said, timing really, really odd. Um, no, maybe maybe he really believed it. Maybe he did. I mean, he's a good manager. He knows he's hurling. Um, I, 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 I did his hurling. And I don't think he's a good manager. And he set up a leash minor team the other night, the way he set Waterford up a number of years ago as well, with extra men. You know, this is 17-year-olds. And I think part of the problem that you have nowadays and the template that we have for Hurling, and it's gone into club scenes at 
lower levels in club scenes, teams trying to play a brand of hurling that they're not able, like trying to replicate Limerick. Like t- to me, if you if you take the game of hurling, it's still a very simple game with the bulk of the skill sets of the game. Make them rounded, developed players. Then you factor in conditioning. And then a player with a pair of cojones and drive and heart and determination, it still goes a long way. And I have a fundamental problem with the likes of Derek's coaching, which is, you know, tear up the script and we'll do it this way. And to me, it's been an anemic type of hurling with watching Waterford in an All-Ireland semi-final against Kilkenny four or five years ago, playing with three forwards and getting absolutely hockeyed. I mean, it's an All-Ireland semi-final. Di, Di, like, sometimes, Di, you have to rip up the script. Look what Jim McGuinness did in Donegal. Jim McGuinness you know, Don- I, would be, I would be very uh, reluctant to say that Derek Jer- McGrath isn't a good manager. He had five years in charge I, of Waterford. I would be just, he, he got them to an All-Ireland final. Fair enough, he didn't win. But I wouldn't say he's a bad manager. I don't think he's a good manager. I think Liam is a far better manager, playing a far better band of hurling. Now, I don't know. Like let, me bring I don't in, think... let me bring in Jonathan Higgins there. Jonathan, you were at the game today for Off the Ball along St. James Scal. How bad were Waterford? What, what on earth happened? Oh, where do you even start? I think we could, we could talk for the end of the show and beyond. Uh, just a strange, strange circumstances, really. And... Uh, you know, we all have the whispers during the week about a bit of upset in the camp and then you see the team changes come in and there's a number of changes and there's players pulled around all over the place playing positions that they wouldn't have probably played at all all this year. So it was just a strange vibe. But even, I'm no body language coach, but you see the team come in, you see the management come in and they just looked down, doom and gloom as if the uh, the way the pin has been pulled off them for the last couple of weeks in terms of results after that initial sugar rush of a hype, it's like a man and Claire blew them out of the absolutely water. And the only you know like the only real surprise is that Claire didn't really score more. And this is a a Claire team that has made six changes on their own. They've taken out their key players in terms of Conlon and Cronin, etc. It's just it's very very worrying for Waterford. And it's interesting to hear Liam afterwards saying. He doesn't know how much more he could potentially give to this squad, and he's going to have to reset. It's just, I've, I I struggle to see a team or to even think of a team that's gone from those early season highs to this absolute embarrassment in a in a couple of months. It, it's staggering, really. Di, can you get your head around that? Uh, no, they're, they're they're well made points actually, because I was in and out, of, dipping in and out of that game as well, and it's fairly extraordinary. I mean, when you start to hear stuff emanating from the camp that. The specific team had been shared around the place. And I know John Milan had said the previous couple of years, it was tight as a drum. Nothing would have come out of it. Something somewhere along the line is the last loss that they had to Cork and whether that turned nuclear. Now, that again comes down to management as to how you handle a loss and what gets said and, you know, whether you have an open forum and get players to give their views on it. And, and did it turn nuclear? Like, you know, these things happen in dressing rooms. Of course they do. And you'll try and get an open consensus within the, within the collective to, you know, what's your views of the management? Is, it, is there issues with us that you might have? And it's possible that things did turn nuclear there because it's extraordinary to think that they've gone from the levels and the brand and the power and the pace and the accuracy of their hurling to where it's been, particularly today. As I said, I dipped in and out of it because I was trying to keep an eye on the other game. But it was quite extraordinary, the scoreline. And I do understand that Claire also missed a lot as well. That's, a, that's an incredible 
uh, fall in a relatively short period of time. And I would say that would suggest there has been some form of upheaval in the camp. Sorry, can I just say one more thing there? Sorry. Jump in, Sean, yeah, and then we'll let you go. Thank you yeah. very much for hopping on. Go on, work away. Yeah. Um, just there was a moment last year. Um, I, I'm not sure. There, dude, he's a brilliant man manager, um, Lean Cal. There was a moment last year, Austin Leeson missed a lot of frees against Limerick and went to the water break. Uh, he said something to Ozzy Gleeson, and Gleeson did this weird thing of putting his hand on his head. Maybe all wasn't right last year either. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if people remember that scene. I don't, but I'm going to go looking for it now. That's an interesting one you brought up, Sean. Mm. Okay, thanks, guys. Sean, that was brilliant. Thanks, I appreciate Sean. you jumping in. I'm going to bring in Ashley O'Reilly here quickly. Ashley, you're on the road. I am, Tommy. Yes, I'm on the way from Semple Stadium. So I have you on Bluetooth at the minute. Fair play. You have, you've had a you've had a long drive ahead of you back to County Down, so safe trip home. Come here, I just wanted to get your thoughts very quickly on Cork Tip. We're talking there about Waterford and how the life drained out of their campaign this year and now it's over. Tip summer never really got going, did it? No, it didn't really get going. And look, they have a lot of debutants that have, you know, started out this this campaign and there's a lot of positives there and I wouldn't be totally, you know, down in the dumps if I was a Tipperary fan. But look, yeah, it, it wasn't great to watch. They did get off to a great start. They were up by six points just at the, at the off. They got a great goal within 40 seconds and it looked like, you know, they were going to put up a real fight. But Cork just found their rhythm and once they did, they were so hard to stop. And yeah, they just looked immense. And I think with Tipperary, they just looked very misjointed very unaware, you know, of, of where players were, of uh, coming off the shoulder. They, they they weren't sure when Cork were, were on it, you know, things were clicking. Um, and yeah, it was, it was very tough for them, but uh, I think Cork really put in a, a massive performance. Dahi, Regan, you're talking about uh, Liam Cahill recently um, and how much you rate him. Obviously, he came very close to there was rumors there was murmurings that he was going to get that tip job before Colin Bonner got it do you think there's a chance now that Cahill is weighing up his options looking at what he's got at Waterford looking over at the job ahead of Tipperary and maybe saying and go back home no I don't think so I think he'll certainly be weighing up his options in um in Waterford all right and there's already questions I, I understand as to whether he thinks he has any more to give the project mm. three years in uh, in an outside county to me, usually is the is is the kind of max anything above and beyond that, unless you're winning all Ireland's every year, um, is usually enough. Will he would he go back in straight away with Tipperary? Absolutely not, for the simple reason that Bonner deserves more of a chance. You think I mean, so? Okay. Oh, he's on an absolute hiding to nothing there. I mean, Cork Cork today, as Ashin correctly says, when when Cork were on it today in the movement, Tipperary have so many debutants this year, like. These fellas have no nothing that they can fall. They haven't won anything. But they're the custodians of that jersey now at the moment. Tip may very well go through a pretty barren period. So Bonner, it's very, very difficult. He's taken on the chalice there and more luck to him. It's not a simple task because they're a demanding county. But Tipperary are quite a, quite a bit away from the, the levels that, that the top say, three, four, the Galways of this world, Limericks of this world, Cork, as they showed today, are still a fine side. Um, but Tipperary are quite a bit away from that. What they do show early in games is an incredible desire and pride and passion. And you'd expect nothing less, but that sustains you for so long. But 
just the yeah. quality and caliber of player, you know, and the depth of squad is quite simply not there. You look at Cork, the barren time that they've gone from the great side, how long it is since they've won an All Ireland final. That's what happens. And that's what Tip now are in the early stages of potentially quite a barren period of time. So Liam Cahill may very well take it on, but he may bear and come in at a stage where the good work that Colin Bonner will do. He might be able to take that a stage further, but that certainly is not next year. I feel like it's too early there. Do you feel like Cahill could get more out of Waterford if he stayed on, if they refreshed it, or do you think that this might be it after three years? Yeah, you see, the, the difficulty is when you have an outside manager. Sometimes an outside manager might say things to players that uh, you know an internal guy may not. And he may manage it in a different way because you look at it and you say, I'm only here for a period of time. If I've got to be raw and I've got to be blunt, I've got to be to yeah. get the results. But you see, the way things are nowadays, and I'm managing a team and myself and Offaly, and my God, I haven't, I haven't done it in a while. Things change. There's an expectancy from players as to how you deal with them and how you speak with them and the demands that you put on them. And in many respects, a lot of players now are pretty precious. Limerick and some of them and some of the top football teams, like really great sides want hard management teams because they're ambitious and they want to win. And they know for to get them over the line, they need... When you're further down the line and you're involved with teams that pretty much don't have kind of any hope of really winning anything, how they adapt and how they work under specific type of management regime changes from team to team, from club to club and county to county. And some teams don't like very, very strong managements that make big demands and set very, very high standards. The best teams do. They need it and they want it. But you see, human nature being what it is, not every team or not every group of players and certainly not every player within the group wants it. And it's like, you know, in human resources terms, all you need at times is one or two terrorists within an organization, within a team, and they'll chip away and they'll add a couple of... That's saying that's the... If it is, and if there is a certain level of players been disgruntled or whatever, he's going to have an almighty task to change that. Because once the mindset is set, it's very difficult to change it. That's an interesting quote. Ronald Agarra talks about, as a manager, and you're aboard a ship that you've always got a group of players who are going to help you keep the ship afloat. You've got a group of players that are trying to sink the ship and you have a group of players in the middle. And your most important job as a manager is to make sure those players in the middle help you keep it afloat rather than sinking it. So you always have got that battle on your hands. Before I bring in Conor McKenna and Ashley Riley, I want to let you go in a moment because you're on the road. Jonathan Higgins, you're on the road home too. I'll let you both go. Thanks for jumping in. Dahi, did the Offaly team of the 90s enjoy hard, no BS criticism and feedback from their management teams? Well... I quoted, I quoted to, to my own bunch of players today, whenever we had sit-downs, when things were going bad, whenever we had sit-downs and, and, and Cregan sat us down, we always pointed a finger at ourselves. At the end of the day, we knew who respons was responsible. And it was that element of the five fellas this way, five fellas in the middle and five fellas the other way. Management that was bringing the thing down. If things dipped, if, if performances dipped, if discipline dipped, it was within the group. We always turned within the group and we were never afraid because we were so close-knit to point fingers and say you're acting the mick you know and fellas did and did it regularly we i will i will genuinely say that we never pointed the finger at my now okay people might say what about babs keating that yes. actually took a lot of bravery 
for a group of players who knew there was still potentially one All-Ireland left in us, but that this thing, if we stayed going the way we were, it wasn't going to happen. And thankfully, from that point of view, you can turn around and say, but we justified it. We did get rid of our manager and we went down and won the All-Ireland final. We yeah. did it for the right reasons. We didn't do it because, you know, we were going badly. We wanted to point the finger at someone. The ambition was still there. It was a brave call. Yeah, I know. I was reading articles about that. I know we have. It's a couple of years, Dahi, since we've done a piece and off the ball about the the Offaly mutiny back then with Babs Keating and what she went on to achieve that summer. But we must come back to it. I think there's somebody actually asking for. Uh, I think we had yourself and Anthony Daly on talking about that summer recently. Um, that summer in '98. There was a brilliant piece you did with Daly on off the ball, maybe seven or eight years ago. We must dig it out of the archives and, and put it back up. Um, he won't thank you for that. No, he won't. He won't. Conor McKenna. Uh, often I would describe as one of the most travelled men in the GA, men or women in the GA. I believe you're at two games this weekend, Connor. Yeah, I was in Port Leash last night at Westmead and Leash, and then coming just home from Turtis there. So actually, I got home ahead of you just about. But um, at Cork and Tip today was it was a great game. I heard and, uh, well in some ways Cork were mighty in some ways. They did a lot of that wrong, but there was more right than wrong. And I think Cork were taking off a lot of positives out of it and the way they finished the campaign. I don't think it was a case of Tip being poor. I think Cork really, really did step up when the pressure was on them. They got a goal. Alan Connolly was very good and got the goal coming out. But just one more thing on Waterford, as before you mentioned it, this is a stat that hasn't been said. Waterford have won two of their last 17 matches in the Munster Championship. So that's up there with the worst probably record in Waterford heard in history in Munster, I'd say. Must be. That is shocking. That's dating back to South. Derek McGraw wasn't that bad a manager, Dahi. Huh? Derek wasn't that bad a manager. Yeah, it was. Style of Hurling, yeah, it was terrible. But that, that's opinion. dating back to McGrath. That, that's, that, that's preceding three managers since 2016, going back to 2016, Munster final. That's unbelievable. That's so Waterford's record hasn't it's hard, been to, it's hard to believe. Why, why is that, Dahi? Like, why, why is it so poor? It's a, well, you know what? That's a great stat, and you can't argue facts and figures in life. I mean, without knowing that stat, you'd say it, it throws a different slant on the whole thing as to say, Jesus, you know, are, are they peaking for league? Um, like, particularly this year? How, how, how do we all get suckered in then to, wow, it's them and Limerick, and that's it? And, you know, Derek saying, whoever beats Waterford will win yeah. the Ireland final. Well, then, that case, then, you know, we've multiple winners. I, it's, 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 it's an enigma. I mean, they're an absolute enigma. I, I was have to say, I was pretty blown away with the standard of Hurland earlier on with them, but maybe that just brings us all back down and grounds us to, listen, let's just take league as it is. Let's comment on it. Let's enjoy it. Let's have commentary on it. Let's review it. But let's take it for what it is. It's league. And it shouldn't really give any indication as to what's coming because they're two different competitions. I think the manner in which they... Um, filleted Cork in the final and the, the way they did it and the power and the pace I think we all kind of got bought into that I think we all we, we all did get, get bought yeah. into it because the fall from grace has been extraordinary I go back to the point I made I suspect something has gone on in that camp subsequent to the uh, to the defeat by Cork down in Walsh Park something has to have yeah, it's been an incredible fall, so it remains to be seen if that comes out. Connor, do you want to jump in there with another point before we just, let you go? Just one more thing on that is that to be fair to Derek McGrath, he was saying about Waterford, the team that's going to beat them and them being genuine contenders. That was the vibe from an awful lot of Waterford fans. I don't think he was saying something that was alien to a lot of people in Waterford. I think he was only echoing what was being mentioned in the city at the time. So I think to be fair to Derek McGrath, I, th I think.
fair to say there's a power in saying oh no 100 no but I, I don't think it was i think it was it, probably his genuine opinion at the time to be fair that's all it was to, to be fair to Darren McGrath. yeah any anything else offers in terms of westmead because I, I have a question for dahi about the mechanic cup and kerry and whether or not they should be allowed to play a monster like westmead 2022 connor in hurling positive well, it's very, very positive. And Westmead are probably a good example of the counties about pushing on in Hurling because they were very, very good against Wexford the week they got the draw and they really backed it up with a very good display against Leeds. So I think Westmead as a whole, to league and championship, and even the Kyo Cup, they've won five trophies in four seasons for Westmead and that's something they hadn't done. Well, they're not coming, but this might be their peak as a Hurling county, but they really, really, the lads have put in a savage effort. I think Tommy Doyle, this could be the year Westmead to get an all-star. I think he's been exceptional across every match and he should definitely be in the discussion for an all-star full-back. Yeah, I saw your tweet for that. So fair play if you call that, Connor. Connor, thanks for calling in. No problem. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. And uh, best of luck, whatever games you decide to go to next weekend. Dahi, Good man. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks, Connor. Dahi, Kerry have, am I right in saying, Antrim in the McDonough Cup final after the results there at the weekend. If Kerry win that game, will there be a playoff against Tipperary? Is that the manner in which the Munster Championship is shaped up? Like, I know we had yeah. Westmead and Leash in the Leicester Championship. Do you think Kerry should be allowed the opportunity to go up against Tip Waterford Limerick Clare Cork in the Munster Championship. One hundred percent, they should. It's the only way you're going to learn. I mean, Westmead's performances this year. I mean, they were actually good against Kilkenny for long periods. Yeah. Great draw against Wexford. Um, great win against Leash. Again, like they won the Kyo Cup, beaten the teams around them at what would be considered their level in Joe McDonough previously. Um. And have acquitted themselves very well. I actually could never understand previously when this kind of situation occurred and, and there was strength in Kerry and Kerry had a good hurling side, why they weren't incorporated into the Munster Championship. Um, and I think they should. And my understanding is that, yeah, if they win the McDonough Cup, it's a playoff against Tipperary. Why not? I mean, let me put it like this to you. Waterford partake in the Munster Football Championship. They're not going to win it. But yeah. they're playing in their province. There's a, there's a logic to that. I would say, relative to that, Kerry Hurland pro rata, they're playing in their provincial championship. Um, so, and from a Kerry perspective, I mean, if you're a Kerry Hurler and you're going out to play Cork in the first round of a Munster championship and it's a round-robin series, my God, where's a pinnacle? You're not going to win a Munster championship. We're talking about promoting the game. All of a sudden, you're down in Austin Stacks Tralee with Cork coming to visit it. Limerick coming to visit and you've got hundreds of kids on the pitch having idols looking at these stars and they're going home and they want to hurl in the ball and that's the small little embryonic things that helps to keep clubs alive and hurling alive in I hate the term weaker counties but less successful counties that's what gets young fellas dreaming about it at night about the following day and things like that of course they should be allowed playing their provincial championship yeah I think I think it's very true, and I think Westmead are probably Westmead the Leinster Championship this year is probably the example to look at there. Shane Brophy of the Nina Guardian tweeted that Kerry progressing to the McDonough Cup final means that Tip, since they win it, as it'll be a relegation playoff, possibly a month away, as Kerry are guaranteed an All Ireland Premier League quarter final. Quarter final, correct. Di, I'm just going to bring in Richard, Richard Hogan, Richie. If you can unmute your mic there, you're welcome to have a chat with us. How are you doing? Thanks, Tommy. How's it going? Can you hear me? Good, Richie. Yeah, we can hear you all right. You're on with Dahi here on GLA. Good evening, Richie. How are you? Good, Dahi. Good, thanks. Uh, just a question, Dahi. Uh, how much of a disappointment was yesterday being beaten at home by Carlo? I mean, you were probably... I didn't see the bookies. 
especially after the high Monday night beating least in the minor was a huge blow or how do you view it? Oh, I mean, you you, tar- you you definitely target next year again going up, but I suppose along to Carlo and Kerry having to win in Antrim yes, so it would have been a huge, it would have been a, a long shot, I suppose, but it was a huge disappointment to how you view it. Yeah, it was. I mean, Kerry going up to Antrim and Antrim, to be fair, played a second string team as well in preparation for the final. Um, I watched it with Michael, our county chairman, um, on the terraces. And it was, uh, it was, it was, to be quite frank with you, a pathetic performance. It was horrendous. And, you, you know, I anybody I've spoken that was at the game were really, really down. On the back of, you know, 12,000 people on a Monday night, first minor title since in, in 22 years. And I've watched the minor team. I was out of the country, unfortunately, but I saw the, the semi-final against Dublin. And I have to say that the brand and the style of hurling was absolutely phenomenal. Really, really good bunch. Now, I know... There's really good sides left in it. Clare, Tipper, really good. Galway had a massive win yesterday on their first out, and so there's a lot of good teams there. But to get back to the point, yesterday, it's a huge blow, an absolutely huge blow. So the prospect was you get to a McDonough Cup final, and if you were to win that, then I think you would play the third-place team in Wexford, and if you lost it, you would play whoever came out the far side. Now, now that there's no exposure to this group of players to any of that. And that was the plan. Let's let's face it, from an off perspective, the plan was win the Joe McDonough Cup. That was the target and that was the metric that was set and believed it was very achievable. We were humbled yesterday on our own ground by Carlo. Um, and it was a very, very bad performance. And it's a big blow. Yeah, any, uh, any questions sorry, on Cork? Any questions on Cork, Richie? Yeah, just... I'm happy enough to ask Tommy. Yeah, I was just back from Tours a while ago. Like, I mean, I, I, I was worried about this morning. I just, I never trusted to put back to back performances together. And I thought going up this morning after last week, we might fall flat again. But no, we were good. And there's something like Tipper have a lot of rebuilding to do. They, they really do. Um, we're playing the winners of the Joe McDonough know, in the last 16. We, not being arrogant, we should probably win that, and we've got the runners up. I wouldn't fear. Probably, Kilkenny would think. I think Galway beat Kilkenny in the the Leicester final, and then we've got Limerick in a semi. Unfortunately, which is okay. probably the last thing I want. You're so, looking very. You're looking forward. You're. That's interesting to hear. I'm not. Feeling, I'm not. You're not trying to be arrogant. I, I do think we 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 hit a quarter final, and if we do play Kilkenny, I wouldn't fear them. They wouldn't fear us. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean. Um, if we do get past that, I just do not want to get another humiliation from them, if that makes sense. Wow, yeah. that's, so, uh, Richie, that's quite incredible that you're saying it, and very frank and honest. And it's like the bogey, and it's like the bogey for Cork. It's like nearly in the background, it's this Limerick is hovering, and it's like, you know, Cork just can't manage Limerick. Um, and like Cork are another bit of an enigma like when they were on today, Jesus, they were really, really good. And you know, you take the league, as we mentioned earlier forget about the league you have to forget about the league and if you just look at Cork in championship after two games you were saying this is as bad as it gets for Cork and all of a sudden I would say they got together as a group of people it's amazing when you get together as a group of people and you feel everybody in the world of this mother is criticizing you you have only one way to come out and that's fighting and Cork have come out fighting and it's amazing what a win does now a second win and I guarantee you within that group they'll be so tighten it because there'll be platitudes coming at them from different people at Cork who were before these two victories so to the Cork players 
that won't mean anything. They won't take anything from that whatsoever. The, the platitudes coming their way now. So I, I have a huge respect for that Cork management team and Kieran. They took an awful lot of abuse, I would have to say, bordering on at times. Um, and certainly shipped an awful lot of criticism. So to do what they've done and pull themselves back up, they're still a good hurling team. They've changed things around a bit and they've gone a little bit more kind of direct and, and, and an acknowledgement. You've got to fight hard to win your ball and fight harder when you don't have it. So I'm in really interested to see where Cork, what they've done the last two weeks. Yeah, just a couple. Sorry, just a couple of quick points. Finish, Tommy, if that's okay, just really go quick. for it. Yeah, work away. Yeah, um, yeah, two points. That he, uh, I've never seen it as they were at the care game. I left her three weeks, so I've never seen the finals like it ever. Yeah, uh, we going to be the next. Hopefully, uh, you laugh now, but he could be the next Brian Corker, and he's only just turned twenty. He's a good, yeah. unbelievable, uh, phenomenal player. And uh, yeah, we have changed our style on season. I think, uh, I think, I think Richie is one of my favorite callers. He's just so frank. That's yeah. fantastic. The next no, no, Brian Corcoran. Fair play, Richie. Appreciate it. That was brilliant. Declan Hare, we were speaking to you a couple of weeks ago. You're calling in from Lyric. Do you want to hop yeah. on and have a chat with? Yeah, yeah just very quickly, no, Len. Thanks, lads. But um, just uh, there wasn't much mention of it now. But Kilkenny beat Limerick by a point. Yes. But again, just um, just it, it's terrible that they won't. Like, see, Conor Henry clapped the goalie, blocked the ball going over the bar, and it was given as a point. Now, why they wouldn't use the Hawkeye in an under twenty one All Ireland final, I cannot understand it. I saw I saw the I saw the photo of it. Um where was the game on today? Turles. And ah. so that's the thing. It was on in Turles before the big match. Now the programme is another indication the way they they you know in the programme it looks like the All Ireland was only a kind of a uh, uh, the way they laid out the programme. It was an All Ireland under twenty Final, it should have been given respect, and again, that happened to us previously in Crow Park in a minor final. And where Hawkeye wasn't used, and I'm just querying that is it was it a fact that it wasn't being used for the under 21 hurling match? It was used for the second match, and I'm just wondering. And it, it like I know it's only a point, it's a great, it's a great question, Declan. It's a great yeah. question. Dahi, have you yeah. any can you make any sense of that? I think the issue that happened in Crow Park, if I'm correct. Uh, was against Galway in the All Ireland final, That's and, I think Hawk, and I think Hawkeye wasn't calibrated, and it hadn't been changed from a previous football game. So the machine and the technology was calibrated for a football, and it it it, it clearly met an error. It clearly met an error, and I think it was a Limerick point that was why why Hawkeye gave it as why, but it wasn't calibrated properly. Yeah, um, that rings a bell. So, yep. like in relation to if Hawkeye is available down in Central Stadium. Yeah, logic dictates. You know, you use it. Hurling has gone so fast now. There's an awful lot of talk about the use of a VAR type analysis um, to try and help referees because it's it's really really difficult. Um, and they're always contentious ones. These ones with the goalkeeper saving points going over the bar. Now I didn't see the photograph, so I'm interested, Richie, as to was there anything conclusive from that? I don't. I, it wasn't over the bar. No, it okay. wasn't. Yeah, no. I I I have watched the match over again, and I replayed it and replayed it because I was down there at the match, and, and um, but like it's just, but it's not fair to the lads. No, I know Limerick had been creeping about it, the management looking, and they feel they were, you know, fair and square beaten by, by um, Kilkenny. But it, you know, it's just to win. It, it does a one point margin at the finish. It's an All Ireland final that the, 
authorities, you know, like they, they, they wouldn't have the thing working properly or, or at least give them a fair crack at it, you know. It, it's actually, it's pretty poor, Dahi. I'm watching the back. Keeper, Declan, sorry, I don't have his name here, but he's... Yeah, he's like Connor Henley Clark. You mean David Clark's son, yeah. He, he's about a yard off his line. He's leaping up. The hurl is about head over the bar, maybe a bit more. And the ball hasn't, the ball hasn't gone by his body like he's... Yeah. It's about a foot. It's about a foot and a half die out. Like it's yeah. a fairly you, egregious you know, error. Think, things like that and errors like that. They throw a team. They can throw a team because you get fixated with with the referee. Then because when it blatantly goes against you and it's totally incorrect. I, I watched a referee yesterday in the Offaly Carlo game. Book Offaly's left Leon Fox. He got a ball about seventy yards out. Sidestepped the guy and struck it, and the ball went wide. And another Offaly player came in, uh, a third-man tackle, and took out a, a Carlo player that was that was going to try and hook him. So the ball went wide, Fox went back to his position, and the referee called him and gave him a yellow card. And the guy was distraught, pleading and pleading and pleading with the referee. And you could clearly hear the player, down 20 yards from him, saying, but I was the one that struck the ball. And the crowd were roaring at the referee, and Michael Fenley was in. And the referee, no... You're getting yellow carded. And I watched it very closely. And I watched the referee and I said, you must surely be thinking to yourself, something isn't right here. I've made an error here. Because the crowd, the management, the player, it was quite obvious. But yet he was willing. Ten minutes later, the fourth, ten minutes later, the fourth official called the referee, held the game up. He went over to the fourth official, had a word in his ear, went to Leon Fox. And you could see he was kind of jovial, etc. And apologised and then went over and booked a different player off his midfielder. Wow. But I watched Leon Fox. He was distraught. And he kept turning around to Michael Fenley saying, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And the Offaly management were trying to calm him down to say, it doesn't matter. Now, he's an abrasive type of player. Okay? So all of a sudden, you're on a yellow card and you're thinking, it throws you. And if you're a Limerick players today and something like that happens, and if you get involved with the referee then and you're trying to tell him, you lose your focus. You lose your focus. Like, it's an under-20 All-Ireland. You're 100% right. I lost an under-21 All-Ireland final. And it's the worst defeat I ever had. This is a national final of prominence. Some of these players may never play in an All-Ireland final again. Some may never even graduate to play senior inter-county. This is your day. The least you expect is that basic calls are got right. Declan, I don't know if it was a point throughout that game. Was it? And, uh, no, it was a good match. And, and we'll say Kilkenny got the best at the end of it like that. It was fair play. You know, that's uh, all you can ask for. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's the only thing. And it's not sour grapes or anything. It's just fair play. And and was, there was a facility, a facility there to correct the mistake. And it wasn't used. And why was that? And that's all, you know. I, 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 I can't give you an answer to that. I think it's a very yeah. good question. I know both yeah. managers raised it after the game as well. Like the game was on in Temple and the Cork Tip game is on afterwards where surely the use of Hawkeye was available. So it's a, it's a difficult one to get the head around. Declan, thanks. Thanks, thanks again for calling much. in. We'll talk again soon, hopefully. Did you say that was the toughest defeat of your career? Was that against Tip? Oh, that was against Tip in 1989 in Port Leash. There was 35,000 at it down in uh, Port Leash. Um, wow. We lost it by two points and I hit the post with literally the last puck of the game uh, to win it for us. But anyway, it was just, yeah, even... My God. That includes even... Did you say 35,000 in Portland? 35,000. The game was held up for three quarters of an hour. Um, coming from both sides and they reckon three to 4,000. Quite extraordinary. We had won a minor All-Ireland the week before. They'd won their first All-Ireland in senior the week beforehand. 
So wow. you had a mixture, of, and that was the year Antrim Bettas in the All-Ireland semi-final. So, like, there were two heavily laden, talented sides. And, uh, yeah, I think we lost it something like 314 to 314 to, 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 to 315 or something like that. It was, uh, I'll tell four, you. 410 to 311. Is that what it was? It was a really, mm. really big score. But, but their full forward got three goals that day, all in the space of about 10 minutes. And uh, I was going to Cork a few weeks ago for a, a company event, and I stopped off to grab a coffee in a, in a coffee house in Turles. And, and Dan Quirk was a full forward that day. I'd never seen him since afterwards. And I went in, I got a coffee. <laughs> I had a colleague with me. I ordered a coffee. And this guy comes out and he looked anyway. And I could see him looking and looking. And he says, I'd say you're an Offaly man. And I went, that's right, Jack. He says, uh, you played a bit of ball with Offaly. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coffee. Yeah. And he, I, I played against you once myself before. And he says, oh, did you? And he goes, right. I did, I did, he says, I did, yeah, down in Port Leash a number of years ago, and I looked at him, and I looked at him, and I says to him, in 1989, and he goes, yeah, that's right, and I said, you're not Dan Quick, Quirk, are you? Or, um, yeah. and he goes, I am, yeah, and I went, hold, anyway, we sat <laughs> for about 20 minutes, what a lovely fella, but that's I, rang, amazing. I rang my mate, Damien Gagan, who was full back that day, I said, I just stopped off for coffee in Turles, you'll never guess who I just got chatting to, but anyway, yeah, that's... that was a... That's unbelievable. Defeat. A horrendous defeat. Ah, but isn't it? Isn't there a bit of magic there as well, though? That whatever is it? Is it nearly thirty years later? You're bumping into him in a coffee shop, and you're able to have a chat there for twenty. He owns minutes. a coffee shop, and that yeah, and, and you ring, you ring your buddy, you ring your buddy, and you're having a chat then about the game. You know, that's 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 magic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's that's listen. That's what keeps us on, fellas. Is what keeps us going at times. And talking about it. Final words. If anyone happens to throw their mic on in the next 90 seconds or two minutes, we will add you in. But I want to ask that, that a final question here. Offaly had a dramatic win against Kerry a week ago in the Hurling. Yeah. Um, you obviously had the, the magic of Monday night. You're clearly so disappointed with what happened. Michael Fenley has been a buzz around them while he's, whilst he's been in. What's the next step for Offaly Hurling? The next step for Offaly Hurling, right, is is with, with our minor team, obviously. I mean, as Mike said to me yesterday, oh, to think if there was potentially an All-Ireland in this team. I said it to him after the game yesterday, if you took the football, if you took the Kerry game last week and you took the minor game, the must-win game was the minor. Without a shadow of a doubt, the must-win game was. It was a manner of defeat. The next question for Offaly, if you just look at it objectively from a senior management point of view, I think there will be a look taken at that. I think he's done a pretty good job, a pretty good job. He's brought an incredible element of professionalism. There is no question or doubt about that. It's been an incredibly uh, professional setup. There is certainly question marks over the way we played yesterday, the way we tried to play and the brand. I don't think we're good enough to play the type of in the ball through the lines and that type of thing. Um, and that's disappointing. He may have his, his own ambitions as to where he'd like to go. I always felt it was a brave move for him to come to Offaly. I think he's cut his teeth here. I think he's ambitious. I think he will do very, very well with higher quality um, players and team. But we have what we have. There is game as hell. You know, we're not at where Antrim are. We were lucky to get out of Kerry. Are we as bad as yesterday? No, we're not as bad as yesterday but there's no consistency there. So I think that'll all be looked at in time. Um, and we'll have to wait and see. Michael may have his own views as to where he goes, but where we were. Whether there's a change or not, that might be taken out of Offaly County Board's hands. Michael and his 
We're outside management. There's only so much you can influence. I think their move here has been positive, but it may be looked at. Yeah, well, I, I can imagine there'll be a lot of soul searching in a lot of counties now that teams are starting to get knocked out and their summers and their years are over. Well, do you won the Christie Ring last year? Am I right in saying, like, awfully, like there, there, there's been such positive moves throughout Michael Dignan's time as chairman, and Michael Fenley coming on board always felt like a huge coup. So it just remains to be seen whether that can go any further. Di, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Great as stuff. always, thanks again for joining me. We've had some great calls in here on GA Late Night. So thanks very much to everyone who listened in and everyone who uh, put their hands up for a chat as well. Dahi, um, I think you're, I believe you're on holidays next week, so we, we may not catch up, but it's been a pleasure chatting to you on GA Late Night over the last couple of weeks. Same with uh, that. Enjoyed it. We'll, we'll talk to you soon on Off the Ball. 100%. Have a good Appreciate week. it. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. And uh, to everyone listening in, that's it from GA Late Night. If you are catching us on podcast, there'll be plenty of GA in the OTV GA podcast feed this week. You're going to get the Hurling Pod with Will O'Callaghan, James Scal, and Paul Murphy. You're going to get the Football Pod with myself, Paddy Andrews, and James O'Donoghue. And we've actually recorded that already today and we're going to do a bit of a bonus 10 minutes tomorrow when the All-Ireland Qualifier draw is announced. So that's going to come into the feeds. There's going to be GA on OTBAM tomorrow morning at 7.30am and there's going to be GA on Off The Ball tomorrow night from 7.30. So um, get stuck into that, subscribe to the feed and you'll get it all there. So thanks very much for listening in and we'll chat to you again next Sunday on GA Late Night.